Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hey, Randy, what you doing? Oh, hey, Dave. I'm just making a list of things that make me feel really, really good. Wearing Bombas socks. Trust me, that's number one on my list. Bomba socks feel so good because we use the smartest design and best materials, making them the most comfortable socks ever. Plus, because socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters, we donate a pair for every pair purchased, and that feels pretty good too. To shop Bombas or learn more about how your purchase supports those experiencing homelessness, go to bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first purchase. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Channing Tatum says he's only hot because he's paid to be. These viral TikToks about which women the media used to consider fat will probably infuriate you. And we're talking about the final season of Shrill with executive producer Lindy West. It's May 5th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. We're starting off with Channing Tatum. He recently said he needs to, quote, get better at acting so he doesn't have to be naked in every movie he's in. It happened during an appearance on The Kelly Clarkson Show. Tatum explained that while he's never been shy about showing off his body, that part of the reason he looks the way he does is because he's paid to work out. I literally get to work out as a job, and it is it, and it's still hard. And I can't imagine people that have have a nine to five job, have kids yeah. at home. And then where do they get the energy and the time to to actually, like, you know, focus on themselves? I mean, first of all, it sounds when he says I get to work out like, you know, so it seems like he enjoys it. So that's good. But I can't even begin to think about like the pressure he's under, you know? Yeah. To always have to look a certain way. Like I struggle just to wear like makeup at work um, <laughs> and like feel like I want to have a face on. And he has to do like, I'm sure there's dieting and like, you know, workouts are hard. And I'm sure it's like crazy hours multiple times a day. That's not a job I would want. With with all that being said, yes, I would like someone to give me money to work out. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, if someone was like, here's money to work out, I would probably be like, pass. <laughs> relatable. That's relatable. Yeah. You'd be like, uh, not worth it. <laughs> not at all. Okay, so moving on, a viral TikTok account is forcing us all to re-examine what celebs the media used to consider, quote, fat, when they definitely weren't. Plus-sized lifestyle blogger Rosie Blair runs the account and has brought up some truly shocking examples, like this one. Okay, like, Now and Then was definitely the sleepover movie when I was a kid, and, like, we all would act out 
one of the characters. And because I was a little fat kid, I always played Chrissy. And what's crazy is that she's the same size as the other actresses in this photo. She's also pointed out that celebrities like Kate Winslet and Jessica Simpson were considered overweight by the media when they weren't, and how that standard has stuck with us to this day. Rosie noted that the media's obsession with weight directly affected her, stating, quote, When I saw that picture of Jessica, I thought to myself, oh boy, she's disgusting, because I was manipulated. I remember the full media blitz that occurred to emphasize that she had really let herself go. Shyla, I know what picture she's talking about right now. I'm pretty sure she's the size four in it. Like, the media did. The media, like, fucked us up. Yeah, like, and I really do feel brainwashed. Like, when she was like, oh, I felt manipulated. That's very relatable. Like, we are brainwashed by the media to think that women's bodies should look a certain type of way. And we fall for it. It's just, it's horrible. It's also really hard. I feel like, you know, this past year, I've been, like, slightly enlightened to that manipulation that I've experienced. And honestly, I gotta say, it's pretty hard for me to now, like, come to terms with that. But then look out and see that majority of the rest of the world is still being manipulated because because how could you not be? I mean, I completely empathize with it, but it's just like hard because it's like you're fighting against so many forces. Yeah, I'm really grateful that I'm not someone who's like in the media. I mean, like in the media, but not like, <laughs> you know, paparazzi aren't taking photos of me because that would be horrible. I mean, I definitely guilty of like tweaking Instagram photos and things like that. So I can't imagine what it would be like on a larger scale. Yeah. Uh, and also, I just want to talk about one thing when she was talking about now and then. I think one of my versions would be Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And yeah, I was always Carmen. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Carmen was great. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, Carmen's great. Two, I'm just like, that's just awful that that these labels were put on these girls when they were young, when we were young. It's awful. Ugh. Okay, so moving on, in some bittersweet news, the final season of Shrill is set to premiere on Hulu this coming Friday. The show's developed a massive following among both fans and critics because it's brought us something we haven't seen before, a fat, positive heroine portrayed by amazing A.D. Bryant. To explain what we can expect in this final season, we're joined by executive producer Lindy West. Now, the show is also based on her memoir, Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman. Hi, Lindy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. So first, we just want to say congratulations on the season. We're big fans and so excited for it to come back. But it's also bittersweet because it's the final season. You know, this show is obviously very personal for you. It's based on your memoir. So what's the process of saying goodbye to it been like? Oh, great question. I mean, it's definitely bittersweet. We never wanted this to be like a 13-season show or something. We always envisioned it as kind of a, a small, compact little story. But I think, ideally, we would have loved to do four seasons. So it ended slightly prematurely. We did have some other places we wanted to take the character. But also, like, getting to do three seasons is so amazing and such a gift. So, I don't know. I feel, like, very happy with what we made and getting to make it at all is so rare, you know, and obviously I'm going to really miss all these characters and I'm going to miss the whole team because everyone is so special. But I also feel, you know, I, I, I realized this, you know, the other day that Shrill the book came out five years ago next week. And now this week, five years later, the show wow. is closing. Yeah. And it feels very kind of clean and beautiful in this way. And it's making me feel very 
excited about the future. Like I have this pause all of a sudden and I don't quite know what I'm going to do next. And I have a bunch of options and I get to really look around and think about what I really actually want to do. And that's really exciting. So I'm obviously sad that the show's over, but I'm like very energized and really excited about the future. And so grateful for the, you know, the show has opened up so many opportunities for me. So, you know, I got, I got no complaints. So after three seasons, do you still feel like Annie's sort of an extension of you? Or do you think that she's sort of taken on a life of her own? I mean, she's definitely taken on a life of her own in a in a way that I love so much. It's been so fun to sort of set her free and watch her grow. But I mean, there's certainly, yeah, I, I'm still really sentimentally attached to her. And she started, she grew from me. You know, she started right. from... She's from a little baby. piece of me. Your baby is <laughs> also your age. <laughs> she my baby, my she's my adult baby. Um, <laughs> you know, it just happens kind of inevitably when you have a whole team of writers and you have a whole production team and you have especially an actor and 80 is not just an actor, but she's in the room writing the show and really driving the narrative. And so of course Annie becomes so much 80 too. And it's, it's like, it's been really exciting, but there are some parts of her life that I still feel very close to. And, and it's, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a perfect combination of like distance and closeness. Like I feel, I just feel very proud of her. Mm. Okay. So you did touch on this, but you know, it's been reported. You guys didn't know that this would be the last season when you start working on it. So are you happy with the way the show ends? You know, for all of us who love Annie and Fran so much, will we be happy? I hope so. I mean, you know, it ends, it doesn't end with a big, you know, bow on it. It's like, because we didn't know when we were writing it or shooting it. We found out during editing, so we were able to kind of tweak the editing a little bit, but this was intended to be a season finale, not a series finale. But I actually, I I do like where it lands because it lands in this very naturalistic place where it's like, as though you, we sort of like dropped into these people's lives and now we're just winking back out, which feels true to the show. And there, there is a little, there's not closure, but there is sort of, you do feel, you know, without spoiling anything, it lands in a place of like Annie and Fran's friendship, you know, really being the foundation for both of their lives. And I think that that is where we started too. And it's, it feels right. And I, had this realization that there's something nice to me about not ending with like a wedding or whatever people usually do because it, it makes me feel like all of these characters are just still living. You know what I mean? Like it it feels like the story continues even if we're not seeing it, um, which is just me being sentimental, but it's nice. I like to think that like Ruthie and Maureen are still just hanging around the office and you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I I, want to believe that that's, that everything goes on, you know? It's sweet. All right. Well, we're going to be talking even more about this right after the break. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. 
it's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. And he started laughing. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant, picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to one the river? Time. Just one time. One time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. Welcome back. We're talking with Lindy West about the final season of Shrill. Now, you told the Seattle Times that the theme of the final season is intimacy, which is ironic given that this is something a lot of us, you know, might have been lacking in our lives this last year. So what was the process like to write and film this season? It was definitely very complicated because of COVID, like everyone's career became complicated. In certain ways, like there were some advantages. Like I was shocked by how productive and vibrant the writer's room felt even doing it over Zoom. Such a wonderful touchstone to be able to like come together and and do this creative thing every day and, you know, feel kind of normal. And you could feel the relief in everyone just getting to see each other's faces every day. Like it was so nice. And it, it absolutely like got me through uh, spring slash summer 2020. I mean, it was like, and when you're not sitting around in a room, like goofing off and eating snacks, you're like, turns out twice as productive. Like we, <laughs> yes, <laughs> shocking. it was amazing how fast we were just like cranking out scripts. The ideas were like popping off. It was so good. <laughs> I mean, to the point where we had multiple conversations that were like, should no one ever do an in-person writer's room ever again? Because it was really, uh, really like it flowed. It was easy. I don't know. And then shooting was very complicated. We had to have, um, you know, as few people on set as possible. So I didn't go to Portland at all for the shoot. And in seasons one and two, I was there every day. Um, but this was like, we had just one designated producer on set every day. And so it was like, that's the set person and they, they're doing the COVID protocols. And it was like, you know, it was challenging in a lot of ways. We had to change certain storylines, like the parents, Annie's parents only appear on FaceTime because, you know, we didn't want to make Daniel and Julia travel. AD said this the other day, it really did create this kind of more intimate feeling to the season because 
most of the scenes are just one or two people in a room because you can't have these big set pieces. It's a lot of, you know, relationship talk and, and intimacy between friends and romantic intimacy. And it kind of shrunk the world down in this way that actually I think turned out really nice. Oh, I love that. So, you know, when the show first started out, it was really branded as being about Annie's life and experiences as a fat woman. But you've said that that's less of a focus this season. Was that just a creative choice where the story and the character took you? Or does it have anything to do with the fact that, you know, we as a society have made a slight progress on body positivity? Or is that just hilariously too optimistic? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably, probably too optimistic. But, like, we've certainly made some progress. But... It's more just that I think Adie and I both are tired of being um, just flattened into fat person, you know, and I think both of us are hungry to to be more than that and to really put our personhood on screen and, and Annie's personhood in a much richer way. And I, we did do that in seasons one and two. And there is body stuff in season three, because obviously it's always a part of your life because it's imposed upon you all the time by the society around you. But it's not like when I'm alone, I'm like, well, here I am fat <laughs> in my room. You know, it's like, I am a person. And so it, it was important to us, deeply important to walk that line and make sure that we're like respecting and addressing the social challenges that fat people face and the reality of that while also letting Annie blossom and be a full person. So we tried to do both. And I would say it's out of personal, um, you know, personal experience and personal yearnings for, for the, to make the kind of representation that we, that we want as fat yeah. people. You know, this is kind of off topic, but do you think the pandemic has changed how we feel about our bodies and how we judge them possibly for the better? Or is it for Maybe. the worst, a mixed bag, et cetera? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be for the worse. <laughs> for, for right now, it feels like for the better. But like, I am loving these Will Smith Instagram posts. But you know it's just going to be like one big lose your baby weight but it's going to, you know, there's just, you know, it's, what? The, that, that already happened. And I got to, when, when it was like, this is the perfect time to lose all that weight while you're stuck at home. And right, I, and I, didn't and I blocked them immediately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think there are probably a lot of people who have never seen their bodies change in this way who are now experiencing that. But also it's probably just going to be like massive windfall for the diet industry. Um, right. Yeah, right. absolutely. They weaponizing need more our money. Depression. Everyone, they need more money. <laughs> they need it. They're struggling. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, hopefully, every I believe in progress, and I believe that we gradually, gradually, gradually move forward. And so, hopefully, there's a little more empathy for the fact that sometimes it's hard to have a body and to like absolutely control what your body does because. You know, and also I hope people feel a little bit more kinder to their bodies. You know what I mean? I think we, because all of our bodies like got us, got us through this. Um, I feel a lot of gratitude toward my body and I, my body's thriving in COVID. Like, oh my God, pre-COVID, I was just like on a plane every day. I was always uh -huh. like, Ugh. and now I just like, 
there's nothing to do but go for a walk. So I don't know. <laughs> my my back is feeling great. I'm sleeping. Like oh. I'm jealous, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it won't last, but so, you know, this was your first foray into TV, which I think we can all agree was super successful. And next, I'm hearing that you're writing something for Shonda Rhimes. What what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I well, it's an anthology show. So I just my husband and I wrote one episode together. It's called Notes on Love. And it's an anthology show about love and relationships. Very broad. And they I I love working with them. They're so great. And they just gave us total freedom. They were like, any genre you want, any like tone, you can have any, just as long as it's about love and relationships in some way. So we wrote like a very strange, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm probably not allowed to talk about it because I don't even know (laughs) how, like where we are in the process, but um, the script is done and I'm obsessed with it and I think it's really good. And it was I think we're going to make it. I don't know. I think that Shonda just gets to do whatever she wants. So yeah, I'm pretty positive. Mm, yeah. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't know. This isn't like the Shonda rhymes Yelp, but like, um, I, 10 out of 10 recommend working with Shondaland <laughs> if you can. They're so incredible to work with and like so supportive and fun. And yeah, really, oh. really great creative experience. That's amazing. So, that, I'm and so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, Lindy, thank you so much for joining us today. So great to meet you both. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, the media has fucked us all up when it comes to body image. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. 
So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.